Welcome to Insurance Happy Hour. This is Laird. And I'm Becky. Hey, it's our 42nd episode. Number 42. 42. And in it coincides with I'm 42 years old. And you, you have a thing about the number 42. I do. And uh, Mulder's uh, apartment number is 42. Oh, of course it is. And um, lots of lots of things. Uh, do you know why? Frankie Robinson's number. Yep. Baseball number was 42. Yeah. yeah and really it comes down Jackie to, Robinson's yeah, it comes down to the ultimate answer to life. The universe and everything is 42. I have the great Douglas Adams for that. Yeah. Yeah. I've never seen that movie. Well, (laughs) did you ever read the book? No. Or its series? Really? I've read all three. Um, The Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. Yep. The the second two books suck. Really? Yeah. I really got got ingrained with the um, the characters of Arthur and Trillian in the first book. Is Trillian named after Trillian? Yes. Trillian is named after Trillian from (laughs) the uh, Hitchhiker's Guide. I never knew that. So when everybody's using the uh, trillion uh, IM network that we used to use all the time, yeah. where it has the multi-network, it was named after trillion. Interesting. Yeah. And I was always like, this is so awesome. It's named after the book. I'm geeking out. <laughs> so I imagine that Mulder's apartment number was a nod to the Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. Oh, absolutely. In fact, if once you start looking for it, there's actually quite a few in, in different fiction and nonfiction. Like people just gravitate. And there's a lot of people that actually say there's a natural universal rhythm, the 42. I think that's where he came up with it mm-hmm. is he saw that there's a whole bunch of things that aligned with 42 or happened around whatever 42 was. You know, mm-hmm. and 42 was always a number that that resonated with people's minds. Mm-hmm. So, but it's a cool geeky little thing. But the the TV shows or the 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 movies actually were quite good because Zoe Deschanel was uh was Trillian. Mm-hmm. She's cute. Oh, yeah, you do like Zoe Deschanel. <laughs> oh, man. So yeah, we're we're back from Elevate. Yep. And we got a, we got two solid episodes out of that. We should probably try to like get more so we could have had a, a bigger break. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so what we need to do is we need to plan when we go on the road better so we can have build-in breaks so when we get busy and we can't have time to record that we have some like episodes in the can from being on the road that we can just throw (laughs) just just to get out there yeah because we've been really good about it we've actually had an episode after episode after episode took a small break in february but i think we missed one week yeah in february yeah Yeah. but that was the me too episode that we allowed to kind of fester and burn and all that and then um we're 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 moving forward uh, through the the rest of this season i think we're gonna be nonstop through the end of season two yeah then we're gonna take. Then a we'll break. take a break. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I think that's gonna align pretty well with summer. Yeah, it's it, which is good because that's June is gonna be heavy trade shows and travel, mm-hmm. and then July we'll just kind of, I think, relax. Usually take some time off in July. Yeah. So it'll be good. Yeah, I'm actually traveling less this year, which is good. I like being in the office. I don't think other people like me in the office. You are certainly grumpy now at shows, grumpier than I've ever seen you before. I Because I don't want to be there. Yeah, you want to be back in the office. I, like you, you Actually, you will spend most of the time in your room working instead of at the show. Well, in you know, I, I recognize that. Yeah. It's one of those things that I'm like, this is the same old thing. Yeah. And so I think we talked about it. Two first, episodes ago. Yeah, our first Elevate episode. 
is that shows are getting boring. Well, you know the show that I I, I named I didn't name, but I mentioned I could give you their schedule off the back of my I mean like top of the head every event I could tell you what room it's going to be in all of that type of stuff. Yeah, completely changing their show. Really? Yes. And so I'm excited on the changes that they're doing, and I, I would really hope it was because they listened to the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Maybe we'll point it out after the fact. Maybe they'll go, yeah, that, that's why we, we took your advice. But no. Um, yes. But it's good that they're recognizing that a change in format is needed. Correct. And other trade shows are not doing that. Right. It, it's really not. And we just this week, we did our own little trade show that we do for carriers mm-hmm. only. And it was well received because it was different. Yeah. We weren't well, talking about us. We weren't talking. We, we did give insight into where we've been, where we're going in the past year, kind of forward look, backward look. Then we completely went off the rails in the sense of this podcast where we <laughs> go on our, tangents. <laughs> tangents, start talking about cybersecurity and APIs. Uh, the last Elevate show, we talked about APIs of the yep. new blockchain. Yeah. Yeah. Notice there's a slide that says APIs are the new. Blockchain. I know, and you put it in quotes just to piss me off. I know, I totally know you did that. <laughs> <laughs> I saw that. I was like, I rolled my eyes because I. It's a. So, so explain that. I don't think we've ever talked about scare quotes on this. What's scare quotes? Scare quotes. Okay, so that's that's where you put quotation marks around a word or a short phrase in the middle of a field to scare off the crows. No. Oh. <laughs> where it people are trying to use it for emphasis, or they're trying to be like, this is. It actually indicates sarcasm, right? Because when you're com- conversing with somebody and you do blockchain with air quotes with your fingers, right? You're being sarcastic. So I used it correctly. <laughs> it was unnecessary is the point. It was correctly unnecessary. <laughs> but in, that's not the way it is used most times in writing. Most times it's used to try to in- provide emphasis on a word. Okay. And – it's the wrong emphasis. That's mm-hmm. not what it is often meant when you put quotes around a single word. And so it reads as being sarcastic. Like there's this whole blog dedicated to unnecessary quotation marks that I followed for a long time because it was just hilarious to see all of the instances of unnecessary quotation marks. And it's like, you know, get an apple from the basket. And it's like, do you mean an apple or an apple? Like, what 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 am, what am I getting out of the basket here? I don't understand. So it's anyway, yeah, I could go on. Today's episode of Crap That Upsets Becky in the English <laughs> Language has been brought to you by the MLA Guide of Style Writing. I actually use AP Style, but thanks. <laughs> See? You gotta close out the episode. <laughs> yeah. And you know I use AP style. I know. That's why I said MLA. Like I was See, just to mess with me. Exa- you gave me crap about giving you crap a couple episodes ago and it totally comes back the other way around. I, believe me, I know. <laughs> you do the same thing to me. Fun times, fun times. Yes. I had a I had a fun time with Matt last week. Yeah. We, it was a good conversation. I enjoyed it. We really uh we really need to get more guests. And Speaking I'm actually of giving me on. a hard time. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Walk in the door is a baseball bat to the face. <laughs> nah, that's great. I, I listened to that episode and laughed. Yep. But uh, yeah, no, we, uh, we 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 need more guests. 
I agree. I mean, I you know, I like talking to you and all that. And we 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 do fairly well. <laughs> We're all right, I guess. Yeah. Still want to do dad jokes. Whole episode. One whole episode of dad jokes. I don't know. We might lose a lot of listeners <laughs> that way. <laughs> <laughs> all right. What do you got? Okay. So this this news actually came out in March, but we had other things we were discussing and then elevate. So um, I want, I still wanted to talk about it cause I think it's important last month. AM best, you know, AM best, right. Mm-hmm. They announced that they are going to add a new criteria procedure into their um, rating of insurance companies. Did you see this? No, I did not. They are including a formal innovation assessment as they look at a company and determine their rating of that company. Interesting. Like what, what do they define as innovation? Uh, naming, naming a, uh, you know, ninja, having ninjas be part of your, uh, your underwriting. Yes, that's exactly right. Okay. So you, you're innovative when underwriter you ninjas in that, underwriter that, that ninjas. That was in the news release. Awesome. But, yeah. Sweet. Yeah. No. So they said that they define innovation as a multi-stage process whereby an organization transforms ideas into new or significantly improved products, processes, services, or business models that have a measurable positive impact over time and enable the organization to remain relevant and successful. How are they going to remove subjectivity from that? Uh, Because what I consider innovative might not be innovative to someone else. And some of the stuff I see coming out that is, quote unquote, innovative. (laughs) Well, they do say that the innovation, uh, the products, whatever, can be created organically or adopted from external sources. So it doesn't have to be all internally to the company. Okay. Which is interesting. Yeah. Um, Is there any carrier feedback on what that means or? I haven't seen any, but I haven't, I haven't looked for it. Although there was um, a. Uh, blog up on insurance thought leadership about this announcement Mm -hmm. and basically they're saying kind of what we've said right you're either looking to adapt and grow and um or you're dying because maintaining status quo is not enough anymore right yeah and the the one word you know the word of the day i guess would be innovative Mm -hmm. innovative is difficult in my opinion, is they, people want to be innovative, but there's a lot of people that cannot be innovative. Just, you you can't inherently create innovation. So I I like the fact that they're able to say, well, you can adopt an innovative technology, either external, buy, acquire, organically build or whatnot, Mm -hmm. because there's a lot of old ideas out there that people really hold to. I mean, carriers all the time that I have a conversation with them and I'm like, did, did you miss the two thousands? Are we really still doing paper apps? Are we really like some of the conversations we had yesterday? Yeah. I was like, have you, have you embraced this thing called the internet? Right. And innovation is not easy. Having true innovation. Right. You know, the, there's a lot of people that say there's no good, new good ideas. It's just improvements on the old ideas. And a lot of people, and then the other, the other side of that is 
I consider myself sort of innovative mentally Mm -hmm. and I come up with ideas all the time, all the time. There's laundry lists on OneNote of things that have ideas. Right. And then I sit on them for months, years, years, think about it. And then I research it and I go, oh, no crap. This one's taken. We got to get it done. Then it's like this where, uh, oh, okay, this is a great idea. Uh, I start looking at, oh man, that's cost prohibitive. Oh, this idea is dumb now. Or I sat on it too long and now everybody's doing it. Right. And so there's a lot of problems with people being innovative that they're, they need to get to the point where innovation is you know not only just having a great idea but executing that great idea, and that's why I, I like the fact that they put a criterion on there that they have to actually accept you know or to actually adopt. Right. Well, I mean, I think the other point is is that they say that um, that it shows a measurable impact over time. Right. Mm-hmm. So there's not like they're expecting this year one that they implement this. This is something that they're going to be watching over a course of I don't know three years maybe. And to see what they're doing, what they're implementing, and then how it impacts their products and their processes. Does it does it help? Does it have a positive impact or does it not? Well, what if what if they, it's a great innovative idea and it causes them to you know sink the ship? Well, I think the point is: are they going to change direction? Are they paying enough attention to what okay. they're doing that they're going to change direction to to reverse that or to you know? make that a better thing. That's fair. That, because a lot of times you implement something and it doesn't go the way you want. It goes backwards. Yeah. It doesn't work. It whatever it may be and having the ability to go back and do iterative design, the fail forward fast or the fail forward fast, you know, the, the FFF is uh quickly fail forward to make sure that yes, you have fail- failures, but those failures need to move you forward. Like yesterday's SpaceX launch. You see that? Oh, yeah. You were sitting across from me. <laughs> I was laughing at you. <laughs> I, I was forcing people to watch it. But that that is so great because what it is is that they have failed forward so many times. And everybody says, you're such innovators. And they're really not. They're really good at they, failing. At failing. Right. And overcoming those failures. And this industry doesn't do that. No. We're risk adverse. Right. And I'm talking about the insurance industry. A lot of technology vendors are, you know, very risk, you know, can, can accept risk that they see that doing, taking risks pays off. That's the only time it pays off. So, yeah, that's cool that they're doing that. And yeah. I think that carriers, agencies, everyone alike needs to be pushed to be innovators. Well, I think there are some carriers that are already. Right. Like progressive. Yes. Right. They're They're, so progressive. (laughs) They're so progressive. Um, They, they typically are not afraid of trying new things. Like I think they were what they were one of the first ones with telematics, Mm -hmm. you know? So there's, there are certainly carriers that are already innovative, but there's also a lot of carriers who have this sit back and wait model. Right, they see all these things happening. They see the rumblings of things happening, but rather than try to get ahead of it or take advantage of it early, they just wait to see. You know, wait until they have to, basically. Yeah. But now they're not going to be able to, because that that won't work anymore. It's a very cool criterion. Yeah. So where else? Where? What other uh, 
aspects of the insurance industry should this criterion be um, assigned, you know, that you're talking about carriers? Well, I think agents also need to be way more innovative than they are. How do you, how do you see that uh, agents should be more innovative in their everyday? In their everyday? Yeah. I think they need to be paying a lot more attention to their processes and what they're doing that is currently inefficient and how can I, how can they make it more efficient? I mean, that's, that's something that I think every business needs to do, not just agents, but since we're talking about the insurance industry, um, I think that that is the number one thing. And the, you know, one thing I, I hear a lot is agents will come in to look at one of the products that we offer and, you know, we'll, we'll talk about what they're looking to do. We'll talk about what their problems are. Um, and then we'll show them how one of our products might help solve that for them. And they'll agree. This is great. This is really going to solve the problem. And then it's like, but you're not cheaper. So why should I switch? Well, you just said that we're going to solve that problem for you. We're going to help you with this. And why is it always that? It's frustrating that uh, agents can't take their own advice. Right. They're like, oh, well, don't buy, you know, don't buy on price and buy on value. Right. This is going to solve your problems. This is going to solve world hunger. Yeah, but it's it's more expensive than the one that doesn't. I mean, I, I get watching costs as as you know. Yeah, but we're not operating we're, a business. I get watching the cost and making sure that you're not over budget and you're not overspending, uh, so that you make a profit, so that you 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 are able to do and grow and do the things that you want to be doing as a business. But at the same time, if we are providing more value, and we're not talking like. A huge price difference. No. Right? If we're providing value, why is that still not an option for you? Correct. And it, it always, every agency really needs to look at the cost benefit analysis of doing anything, ROI, return on investment, whatever you want to call it. Right. Is that I'm going to buy this piece of technology and it is going to save me one hour a week. Okay. One hour a week, that's 50 hours a year. Because you take vacation, two of them, right? Mm-hmm. Whatever. So it's 50 hours a year. Well, how much money do you make an hour? Not, I'm talking salary, lights, how much do you sell? How much new business do you sell during those during one hour? If you can sell a policy every two hours, so those 50 hours in a year equals 25 policies. And if you make an average of $100 per policy, right? That's twenty five hundred, you know, twenty five hundred dollars in a year. Does is that the difference? You know, they they really need to look at it that way. And I I went way low on the conservative. I mean, if you're right. buying a technology that makes your life easier, and that's one person. If you have an office of five people, then it's multiplied even more. Correct. Right. And then all of a sudden that that you know I and I make such a low business case for this mm-hmm. that it's so easy, and they just don't recognize that, and they want to. You know, well, don't buy on price, buy on value. But then they turn around, they do the exact same thing. Yep. And, and, and you know, I'm agnostic when it comes to technology. If, if it's not our technology, just be using a damn technology. Right. Don't, don't not use a technology just because it's not with me. Go find the technology that does it best of breed. Be the best of breed. Right. It's frustrating because... I, you know, I, I was at a lot of shows last week. I was at two shows on different ends of the coast. (laughs) So it was a little rough on me, but, um, at one of the shows I was speaking to multiple people 
And half of them were head in the sand. Yep. And a lot of nationwide agents that are being transitioned over from independent agent or from some from captive to independent agents. They're like, yeah, I don't know. What is this management system? What is a rating system? Why do I need a website? I'm like, well, that, you know, explain all those aspects. They turn around and go, oh, I'm just not sure that I want to deal with it. I'm just probably going to sell. I heard that multiple times. Yeah. And that's scary. Yep. It's not even burying your head in the scan. It's running away. Yep. Give me up. Yeah. And then you, then you just get so flipping, uh, just dejected. Yeah. With what's happening in that, whenever you see that. And then you talk to someone, you talk to someone who oh, I tried that. It didn't work. I'm now trying this. It does work. There's this technology you brought to me just the other day. I think shut you down hard, but I'm sorry. <laughs> you said, "Hey, this technology." I'm used to it. This this agency is using this technology. I looked at it. I like it. I think it'd be a pretty good thing. And I, I mean, I did a quick cost benefit analysis on it and like ran it down. I heard the price. I'm like, nope, sorry. We yep. we could probably do it ourselves better in the way that I'd like to get it done. Blah blah blah. You know, executive decision. Sorry. However, that that type of agent that says we're using this it works we like it boom right. was really it, it that that lifts my spirits that makes me so happy right. and i'm like awesome the, the people get it and elevate was really one of those shows the people there wasn't too big on the on the topics and the and all that we've already discussed that but the people the people were innovators and i wish that could be captured at other local shows mm-hmm. because I don't see it. I mean, there's, there's certainly, there are agents and agency owners and even producers and CSRs who are very passionate about innovating and about changing and growing and adapting to not just survive, right? It's no longer about just surviving because if you're just trying to survive, you're not flat as dead pretty much. So they're they're pushing and they're looking for new ways and better ways and and you know I know you didn't like the API topic but the whole point the the bottom you dig down deeper into what he's trying to do and he's trying to get oh, more he's efficient a, he's absolutely innovator it right. just is the wrong topic right is is the wrong way to present the topic right. I agree um, so Mister Cynical over here I got it <laughs> so there are absolutely people in this industry who have that mindset. And I agree. It energizes me. It gives me hope for this channel. But then you talk to those who are not, those who are sticking their head in the sand, who are throwing in the towel, who are selling their agency, selling their book of business and walking away. And while that's their prerogative to make that choice, it does not help the industry. It does not further the industry and it opens us up Mm-hmm. to more competition Correct. from direct writers, from the captive agents, from the insure techs who want to disrupt this distribution model, right? So that's that's worrisome to me because I, I, I feel like those who are head in the sand outnumber those who are not. I would agree. And that's very disheartening. Yes. And – then, you know, the third leg of the stool is vendors. Yeah. That's the other part of it is that I, there, there are some vendors that, you know, tout to be innovative, you know, we're innovators, but they're not. Mm-hmm. It's the same old, same old. No, 
you know, no real evolutionary leaps with their products. Yeah. Sometimes you got to have it. And, you know, sometimes we get stuck in that. Product needs, you know, probably a refresh every two or three years. Maybe ours is a little stale. Whatever it may be, you've got to continually innovate and bring value with the features and the functionality or someone else will come in and do it. Yeah. And that's going to be the same for vendors, agencies, carriers, whoever. So I wish I wish AM Best actually graded agents, agents as well as vendors as well. Well, speaking of grading agents, I don't know if you saw this. I saw this the other day and I didn't I didn't bring it up until now because I didn't know we were going to go down this particular path. Um <laughs> this is what we get for going into an episode with zero. With zero. Literally, we got to record today because it's Friday. All right. Well, here we go. Um, uh, do you have a topic? Well, I have a starting topic because it's 42. Well, that will last us six flipping minutes. <laughs> All right. Bring a topic. And here we are. We're, we're, we just broached 25 minutes and we're about to start a new topic. I it's, love not, it. it's not a whole new topic. I don't think there's a lot here to discuss. Um, but since we're talking about rating agents, you're, we've talked before about the website clearsurance.com, right? They've put out some ratings of, from consumers of insurance carriers. Um, well, they launched, I think it was just this week, the ability to rate an agent on their website. So, I mean, there are other places you can rate and review agents, right? Yelp, Google, mm-hmm. Facebook. Um, but this is an industry one that they announced it and launched it this week that you can now go on to clearsurance.com and rate an agent. That's awesome. Yeah. And you know, that that's very cool. I like, I like, I like that. I like having clear, transparent, you know, clarity into who you're dealing with and reviews are good. Yes. And you know, a lot of, a lot of trade magazines try to put out rankings of technology vendors and agencies and whatnot. And so it's, it's something cool. I thought it was. What you doing this weekend? I was hoping to work in my yard, and then I looked at the weather, and it's going to be cold and rainy. Yes, it is. It is going to be very cold and rainy, and oh, well, ha- and hail and all of that. We got hailed on a few weeks ago, and my husband's like, "We should we should get a new roof." I'm like, "Why don't we wait until <laughs> after storm season before we do that?" One of our coworkers uh, has to have his house replaced. And his HOA required that he, or his house replaced, his roof replaced. <laughs> I was going to say that. And his, his HOA required, it requires him before doing any major work that he has to do this. And um, he has to do what? The, oh, he has to submit to the HOA the, um, a, a, a brief diagram mm-hmm. of what oh, the we change. Did. We have to do the same thing. Okay. So he, <laughs> he drew a picture of a house and a sun and a garden. <laughs> it says replace this point to the roof. <laughs> So, um, I, I, I hate the rule. It's stupid. We have to do it for landscaping, any landscaping we mm-hmm. do. Like I want to put flowers in our flower, like just seasonal flowers to add some yep. color to our flower beds. And cause you have to rip them out every year and then you have to replace them. And I'm like, we need to submit a request for that. And my husband's like, no, we just have to do it for architectural. I'm like, no, we have to do it for <laughs> landscape because when we've made landscape changes before, we've gotten notification that we didn't submit a request for that yeah. change. So no, we have to. And then um, a few years ago, my my parents gave our kids um, playset for mm-hmm. our backyard and we didn't submit a request for that. Even though it's in our backyard and we got notification for that. So we had to do that. My husband was so mad. He, he pulled out a crayon and like, Drew a tiny crayon <laughs> off the backyard with the playset, and then I submitted that in the request. And he's like, "You did not." I'm yeah, like, 
Yeah, I did. Yeah, I think they might do it just for fun. <laughs> Luckily, it got approved, so we were fine. We didn't have to tear it down. But, yeah. No, what are you doing? Um, actually working on the plane. Oh, nice. So I'm changing the tail number. So it's, it's, I'm, I'm going to do manual work for once. Oh, it'll be fun. Yep. It's nice to do that on occasion. And especially when it's nice and cool outside. <laughs> not, Rainy? Not, not, well, you'll be in your hangar. Yeah, we'll be. So. Well, let's uh, get out of here. If, well, uh, what do you think, listeners, yeah. about innovation and ranking, rating carriers based on their innovation? Um, let us know. Use the hashtag Insurance Happy Hour. It is up on Twitter. I'm Becky L. Schroeder. Laird is L. Ricksford. And you can also use the hashtag Innovate or Die. <laughs> um and subscribe if you haven't already. Nope. There's that subscribe button in your podcast app. Awesome. Well, it's been fun, as always. Thanks for listening. So do you know that this goes on for four more minutes? It does? It does. Let's take a listen. Awesome.